I'm Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to another episode of Analyze Scripts. We are really excited to be joined again by our one of our, our favorite guests. Um, don't mm-hmm. tell the others, maybe. Um, <laughs> Solman Mirza, who is a triple board certified physician in adult psychiatry um, and child and adolescent psychiatry and addiction medicine. Um, just in case you didn't catch our last episode that he was on, I'll share a little bit about him. He works with the largest healthcare system in North Virginia as a staff psychiatrist for an adolescent partial hospitalization program. He sees children and adolescents as outpatients there as well. He also has his own private practice, Luku Psych, where he sees um, adult outpatient patients with a focus on ADHD, autism, substance abuse issues, as well as being um, Ludum County's Loudon, first. Loudon. Loudon. I was like, we're <laughs> a lot of the Northeast here. Yeah. Um, the first certified provider of Bravado, the FDA approved intranasal esketamine product for treatment-resistant major depressive disorder. Dr. Mirza is also a certified provider in the National Basketball Players Association Mental Health and Wellness Program for the Washington Wizards, um, begrudgingly realizing that the only (laughs) way he was going to make it into the NBA was by being a doctor, which is super cool. Um, That's a tough realization. Way to spin it. You know, way to find a positive reframe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to his clinical work, Dr. Mirza has a growing social media presence, which is how we found him. Um, you can find him at The Kicks Shrink. Um, 
with a following over 85,000 across TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube with an accompanying podcast as well, where he creates educational, um, entertaining videos and content with the goal of breaking down mental health stigma, combating mental health um, misinformation, which we also agree is really important, and rehabilitating the often negative image of psychiatry and psychiatrists, often in movies, which we see really frequently. Um, yes. So he interviews leaders in the field, all while hoping to make viewers laugh and learn something, but also really like sneakers. Yeah. I'm curious, what is your... your uh... Are you hoping for a special sneaker gift this holiday season? Well, it was my birthday recently and I know Happy birthday. Thank you. It's been like a month month plus now. Um it kind of flew under the radar because my my you know, I was like bugging my wife. I was like, Where's my gift? Where's my gift? And she's been like along the way, she's like, um, sending me like Instagram posts of like this Pakistani artist who does like custom artwork on air force ones so yeah. she's like she's like oh if you were to get a shoe like this <laughs> what kind of artwork would you like on there so we're trying so to theoretically do, like theoretically and i was like oh, i'm still wondering because i haven't gotten it yet and it's now it's like six weeks seven weeks later i'm like what's happening here so it's going to be like some uh Pakistani truck art um on like these air force ones so i'm kind of excited for that yeah. that sounds really cool yeah i love that do you have a big like sneaker collection Oh, Portia, do I have a yeah. sneaker collection? I mean, I'm a sneaker, it's like, sneaker closet. <laughs> I have a sneaker wall in my basement. Um, cool. It's, it's like over 100 pairs of sneakers. So like people come down to the basement and they're like, whoa. And, I, and then they're like, and I have to tell them, I was like, I have some more hidden away in another closet. So don't worry. <laughs> do you actually wear them or are they for display only? No, I, I try to rotate through them. I try to like, you know, spice up and wear a different pair every day or so um, cool. but i have my go-tos i go to in a you know regular and i spaces. bet you have a way of keeping them really clean yeah so yeah. i've got like the cases for them so they come in like the, the clearish display cases so like Ooh, uh containers. like a beanie baby yeah container store has like these um boxes essentially so they sell them by these like the six pack essentially of them yes so you, know, you end up spending like just as much on the storage as you do on sometimes the shoes i love the container store yeah it's it's true oh, oh just like they they have containers for everything yeah every shape every size like you just i every now and then i go through these like fantasies of just like organizing my whole house <laughs> right like a place yeah. for everything and i have this fantasy like the rest of my family members will just do it and yeah. they won't. Of course not. You know, they won't. No. But it's a well, nice fantasy. Well, you made a good point about the Beanie Babies, but I think we also used to store like Furbies. Yeah. In yeah. those glass containers as well, which leads us to our movie today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about the 1984 movie Gremlins. Um, which was a smash hit at the time. It still is. It's like one of those classic movies, but totally every time I watch this, I think about Furbies, which yeah. came after Gremlins. But I always wonder, like, how did that fly? Because they look identical. And I think they actually even came out with a gizmo Furby at one point that's like super hard to get now. Yeah. They were creepy. I don't know. <laughs> For, you thought Furbies were creepy? Yeah. One of my friend's father's, like, when we were eight years old, um, got really like annoyed at her Furbies for not like being turned off. And he like threw them all over the, the balcony, like down, oh. like, obviously that was probably, <laughs> he maybe had something else going on. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> <like> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> 
anger <laughs> issue, but um, I remember she was devastated. So yeah. that's yeah. what I think about when I think of Furbies. So hope she's wow. in therapy today, but I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Talk about a core memory. Yeah. I'll say there's, there's some issues going on there. I think yeah. that explains plenty of stuff there. Yeah. But so, Sulman, give us your hot take on this movie. Why do you like it so much? What made you want to revisit it? Yeah, so Gremlins is one of my favorites. You know, I remember way back when we had, when I was growing up, me and my sister in upstate New York, in summertime, our parents weren't big on, like, doing stuff. So they're like, you guys just stay in the house, you know, <laughs> just, like, do nothing. <laughs> they're like, here's, like, some math books and some books oh. to read and stuff and then we'd be like you know me and my sister hanging out be like let's just watch some movies and so we'd go through the old vhs tapes that we had at home and my dad would always like you know tape stuff off the tv so we'd have to like fast forward through the commercials and blah 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 for the people who remember vhs tapes do you right? remember the rewinding machine did you have yeah. one of those or did no, you do it by we hand just, we just rewound it in the vcr itself so yeah we're after movie we have to be like all right guys let's wait around for another five or ten minutes to rewind this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> um but gremlins 2 was always in the rotation gremlins 2 mm. which is like the worst of the movies but yeah <laughs> it's very very cheesy and crappy but i always kind of liked it I, for whatever reason it was like that was our rotation mighty ducks 2 was in our rotation and like star wars like was in the rotation of always course. the sequel not yeah, the original it was, it was very bizarre but like for whatever reason that was the one that was there and then i remember like watching gremlins 1 i loved gremlins 2 but i remember watching like gremlins 1 later and being like oh my god this is so much better and like fantastic and it's amazing um and then like i watched it again a few years ago and i was like oh i have like a different appreciation for it now and then i watched it again you know over the weekend i was like oh another different appreciation and interpretation viewing on it the other thing too with it is like when people always ask me like oh what's your favorite christmas movie right it's always like the time of year we're getting there right mm-hmm. um i don't celebrate christmas it's you know I'm, I'm a muslim we don't celebrate it kind of growing up um so for me it was always like you know my favorite christmas movies are gremlins um die hard and home alone right yeah <laughs> home alone is universal we all like right, you know, right we all like that one um but that was that was like my i think so i i've always appreciated it as like a, a non-christmas christmas movie i guess yeah and there's a lot of um controversy about die hard whether mm-hmm. it's a Christmas movie or not, I hear this, you know, in the ether. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we can agree. So what do you love about this movie? I liked it because it was one of the things I always like about movies is the practical effects. So this is like, like I said, 1984. And I can just, you know, I was two years old at the time, so I don't remember when it came out, obviously. Um, but like, I love the class, the practical effects of it. I love this, you know, you created these creatures who are iconic, mm-hmm. right? These, you know, what is it, 30 years, 40 years later, 40 years later, oh my God, 40 years later that we're still talking about them, that people are still clamoring for like a Gremlins 3. I think there was just like mm-hmm. a cartoon series on Max mm-hmm. that like just came out in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Gizmo is super cute. Oh my god! So cute. Like, the cutest like, <laughs> so like cute. creature that's out there. I feel um, like there's probably a lot of Shih Tzus out there named Gizmo. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my cousin had yeah. one, and now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was like the 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 appeal of it, and it was just like a it was a great kind of send up of a lot of like these classic kind of 
uh, Christmas stories too, like a various, very obvious kind of send up of like, it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just like that, that dark kind of humor that's in there, um, that was always appealing to me. Um, and then more recently, uh, you know, I think we were talking before, like the idea of like, oh, this is kind of like a metaphor for parenting and getting into mm-hmm. adulthood and all that stuff. So say more about that. Yeah. So I, when I watched it again on over the weekend and I watched it with like my eldest son, um, well, my only son, but I have like four kids, right? So this was like, let me just watch it again. I, I always kind of originally thought of it as like just a basic kind of horror movie. Um, but like a comedy horror movie, not a comedy horror, but a horror comedy, right? Yeah. And then nothing more. I thought it was just a very superficial pop kind of culture-ish movie, and there it is. When I watched it again with the kid, right, I was like, oh, this is hitting different because it's about, it's a story of parenting. It's a story of, like, the ideas of what we're supposed to do. the rules that are there and then what happens when you break the rules of parenting you have like the the old grandfather right in the beginning right and it's very kind of just straightforward like as a grandfather who's like very wise and like these are the rules of here's your new baby right here's you know gizmo being the baby um and a child and he's like this is what you're supposed to do again the three rules are like don't feed him after midnight don't get him wet and keep him out of sunlight or else he'll die right and we we see this like with when you become a new parent, right? And I've gone, gone through it the four times. It's like <laughs> everyone kind of telling you like this is what you're supposed to do, and your your own parents, right? The grandparents of the child telling you like these are the rules, these are the things you're supposed to do. And, and even, funny enough, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but like yeah. our rules are the direct opposite. Like yeah. feed them whenever they want. Yeah, get out, get them outside. Except yeah. your parents, maybe who say stay inside all summer. Yeah. Um, and make sure you bathe them. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was interesting from that point of view. I didn't I hadn't thought about that before. And then as kind of this journey through like we're gonna be, you know, cute and cuddly, mm-hmm. Gizmo is fantastic, and we love him, and he like sings these songs, he's like cooing, and it's like, you know, he's so super nice. He's like mm-hmm. better than the dog, right? We he's gonna replace <laughs> the dog, right? So it's like a new baby, a new child yeah. in the household. And then we get into like you know, adolescence, right? <laughs> you get into like adolescence or like the terrible or even like the terrible twos or whatever you want to say, where it's like now we've or we've broken the rules and now they are these gremlins, these terrible monsters who are just destroying everything. So that was like what really struck me upon this this more recent viewing. It was like, oh, this is this this is what it's kind of like a allegory allegory for. Wow, I never thought of that. That, but I, I can totally see that now. And I'm just thinking now about this scene where the the mom, um, Lynn, I think was her name, yeah. is like trapped in the house with the gremlins who are like trying to hurt her, and she kills them like yeah. one by one in these very graphic, violent ways. Yeah. And as she keeps doing it, you see this like pleasure in her face. Yeah that she's doing that. And it, I thought that was a really interesting depiction of her finding this like sadistic joy in killing these creatures, given like her role as like the stay at home mom who doesn't really have a say yeah. and has all, you know, this husband who's off all the time with these like wild inventions that don't really work. <laughs> Terrible invention. And she's just like, 
yeah, she's just like stuck at home alone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's cool, interesting too, because Billy, the main character, um, you know, he's portrayed as like the perfect, you know, all American boy. He like stay, you know, he's like living at home, like, you know, yeah. you know, being there for works at, works a, at bank. a bank, you know, he's got, has a yeah. dog and like you know he's you know hanging out with mom they're like getting ready for the holidays together yeah. super supportive while dad is again out being a terrible inventor on these road trips and like absent all the time and then yeah so that was like really and then again all this stuff happens to him and you know the world <laughs> kings and falls gets burned to the ground that's yeah, like a little neglectful mm-hmm. um just like with his even like dismissing of the the instructions mm-hmm. um when mm-hmm. he when he like kind of i guess stole yeah. his phone he totally the stole. Yeah. and then like laughing about it like oh well you know i think you gotta do these three things i was like wow you remembered them like i was like i was like impressed that because he you know that he could then tell his son how to kind of do it but then if you think about it in kind of like not the context of a movie it's like you you got this bizarre creature mm-hmm. right just that like is not a dog no. or a kitten <laughs> or a bird or a toy right or a toy and you're like leaving it with your son giving these random instructions that seem ridiculous and then you're going off again and it's like well what right any danger like any oh i should, probably shouldn't do this oh you know this is a bad idea it's like there's none of that yeah <laughs> I think we see that though. I mean, and I think stereotypically we see that with like the busy working dad who's not really physically or emotionally present, but will shower the children with gifts Mm. um, as sort of like a token of their affection, but then isn't even around to like appreciate the children with the gift. And I think even beyond that, I would imagine a lot of parents feel that this time of year at the holidays, like there's just so much pressure and chaos and busyness and it's like does anyone like sit in front of the tree and just like be together right there's always the competition of like who's going to get the biggest gift the best gift right and like and then even then like when he gives gives the gift or he gives gizmo to to his son to billy he's like oh i I need to find a way that i can like make more of these and like become this is going to be like this is going to replace the dog right this is going to be like the 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 pet of america and they like uses his last name right the um Pendle, the pendleton P, or something the, like that yeah. yeah yeah get um pet yeah and it's just like he's so i don't know it's just like that's really only where his brain goes it's like if we think about you know just priorities it's like his priority is to almost a little bit of self-importance yeah. versus like financial mm-hmm. gain like he wants to be celebrated <laughs> he wants to be known he wants to be important famous famous yeah and even yeah. like that doesn't oh, i was just gonna say like and even like within the home right like so all the stuff is in the home and they you know the orange juice maker doesn't work the coffee machine doesn't work and like the the phone thing doesn't work and it's it's yeah. funny in a way like it was in, in kind of mean and you know self-grandizing like you're saying is like even when the mom picks up the phone and like talks on the regular phone and he's like asking, he's like, well, you're using the device, right? You're using the thing, right? Like you have to right. use it. You can tell right? that he's always still just like, even if this terrible thing, nothing works. He's like, we're, we're still going to use it. And she goes along with it. Like she totally plays into it. And I think that scene you're talking about in particular, we don't even hear him say that dialogue. We just hear her response where she's making an excuse like, oh no, I was out on the porch. I couldn't get to it or yeah. something. 
Um, but we saw her try to use it and it failed three times. And that is so interesting to me that everyone's has this almost like shared delusion. It's too strong of a word, but uh, we're all like boosting his ego up and his image up, even though like none of his stuff works. And I can't imagine it's lucrative. I kept wondering like, how do they afford their house? Well, it's it's, it's upstate New York. So upstate New York is like, it's extremely, (laughs) extremely cheap. So So there you go. Yeah. So then we meet, um, we saw the little boy who's like Billy's friend, who's in my favorite movie ever, Goonies, (laughs) or the Goonies, uh, which I was just like a pleasant surprise of. So did, um, more movie question, did the same, same director directed both of those, right? Or there's a same something like that brought him over. Uh, I know like Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, like produced, um, both of them, at least, I think. I know okay. he was a producer for Gremlins. I can't remember if he did Goonies. I think I want to say he did Goonies. That he was a mm-hmm. producer at least for it. Probably, yeah, because yeah. he really Probably. liked him. Um, and then you know Goonies is where he kind of like blew up on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you had shared a little fun fact also before we got rolling, which I think the viewers would love to hear about the rating of the movie. Oh yeah, so so Gremlins was rated PG, and I was kind of like doing a little reading on it, and I saw that. There were so many families that were going into the movie expecting cute little gizmo. I think like the advertising yeah. was like around gizmo and <laughs> how this was going to be like a Christmas movie and a family movie. And it, it was like, funnily, it came out like in the middle of summer. Um, like, oh, that's yeah, along funny. With, like, I think it was like that and Ghostbusters came out on like the same weekend and like it, it held Ooh. its own. This, like, this was like one of the top three or four grossing movies of the year with Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which we'll get to in a second. But like, so this came out and then everyone was like, oh, this is going to be a fun little movie, family movie, right? Oh my and God. then it becomes this, it devolves into this terrible mess like, of like horror <laughs> and gore and violence. And families were like walking out because they're like, oh my God, I can't, my children can't see this movie. So that was happening. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out that year i think as well it was rated pg as well and of course we all remember indian jones's temple of doom with golly ma and the guy ripping everyone's heart out and eating mm-hmm. monkey brains and all that fun stuff and mm-hmm. we're like oh my god what is going on so this movie those movies like it led to the formation of like the pg 13 rating um because people were like we need to find something that's in between <laughs> pg and r <laughs> to kind of have this this there so i think this it was important historically from that point of view as well too oh yeah i mean it's definitely not like a pg film and i think that i saw online that um they toned it down a lot um actually like there was supposed to mom was supposed to die like her head and there was supposed to be a shot of her head rolling down the stairs and like oh all of this other stuff and they were like no 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 like it needs to be more um marketable like you know for a wider audience and so like thinking of it even then in that context it's like it it was a horror movie yeah. that they like kind of made more um globally able to be seen but funny. that's really interesting the things you learn on tiktok yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey um like she kind of for me came out of nowhere with just like this really tragic story yeah. um that i was not ex- expecting at all yeah, Phoebe Cates, like again, who who for a lot of guys in the '80s turned them from boys into men. Uh, 
<laughs> um, but yeah, she has just like she has these two scenes, right? Like these two major scenes in the movie, the one where they're walking and then mm-hmm. like the other part where they're like, you know, randomly just spills her beans about like her father and how he had this tragic thing happen to him and why she hates Christmas, which I thought was like really interesting from a point of view, you know, from us in the mental health field, right? Like when we're with patients, clients, and you know, when we're around this time of year and we're like, well, Merry Christmas or have a good Thanksgiving or have happy holidays. And we say it very cheerfully. And we assume that like everybody is like loves the holidays, Mm -hmm. right? And this really great for them. It's like the best time of the year. And it's like, not always. Right. Right. It can be really painful time yeah, of year. For a lot for enough people, right? There's they're they're very difficult times of year. Like sometimes there's a lot of like family trauma that's there and then like they're forced to be around other family members or they're potential like abusers or again there's other memories associated with like the holidays. And so when we like thrust upon our idea of like it's the holidays and you should be happy and yeah. you know, just get the Christmas spirit, like we can't do that. So it was part, yeah. something that like I've, you know, changed over the course of my years has been like, well, you know, I, when I asked people, I was like, well, how, how are the holidays for you? How is this time of year for you? So you have an idea of like how to approach it or how to kind of like sign off or even just talk and process about it with them. Mm-hmm. That's a really mm-hmm. I think, helpful point. Even just like, you know, if you're not now in the mental health field, like asking, like, you know, what are your plans? Or, and I think even in that way, you can get a little bit of an, oh, well, my plans are yeah. like, you're like, okay, like, you know, you seem a little bit more happy. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. Like, even in, you know, the little kind of subtext can give you a clue. But yeah. man, I mean, there's a lot of substance use this time of year. Lots, a lot. Yeah. It's um, really hard, I think, especially with all the family gatherings. I mean, I think we all assume holidays are a time for family gatherings, but a lot of people don't have big families or any family to go to. So there's a lot of loneliness or they might be housebound. And there is a lot of substance use this time of year. Yeah. We see like so much drinking um, just because it's like normalized um, Mm -hmm. or encouraged a lot of times too. So we have a lot, a lot of issues with that. Um, You know, I was working with a patient um, recently who we've been working with her on their alcohol use and getting it down and they've kind of reintroduced drinking a bit. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll just keep an eye on it. Um, and you know, it becomes the whole thing of like, well, it becomes special occasions, right. Or on special occasions, we'll like have a drink or two. And then, you know, it's like, we're getting to holidays time, right. Where it's mm-hmm. a special, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of special, of special occasions. occasions. And then does every little thing, every family gathering become like a special occasion. And then I was going to start that. I tell them, I was like, let's keep an eye on how, how often those special occasions are occurring. And if it's like, is Friday becoming a special occasion is coming home from work, a special occasion now, like, let's just keep an eye on that as a whole. And I think the same could translate to food as well, either overeating, undereating, people's relationships with their bodies, with other people's bodies, especially if you grow up in a family with, you know, sort of that toxic food culture, same thing. I think we see a lot of this stuff around the holidays. Eating disorders too, right? So whenever I have like patients, clients with like eating disorders, again, it's like Thanksgiving is seen as like, oh my God, it's like mm -hmm. this culture of celebrating food and turkey and all that fun stuff. Over like overeating. Yeah, it's like, yeah, gluttony, gluttony right. is very much like, oh, this is what the plan is. Like, we're going to eat too much and we're going to pass out and go to sleep. 
<laughs> yeah. And the, yes. and the comments of like, and, and you know, the, the normalization of the comments of like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to skip all of the meals except, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. And it's like, okay, well then of course you're going to overeat, yeah. you know, and right. it's encouraging people to eat as you normally would throughout the day. And, you know, it's a way to help you keep a little bit more regulated, but it's, it's so hard. Um, it's a hard time of year. Yeah. But that scene with Billy and Kate walking home in the snow where she is, you know, starting to talk about her negative feelings about the Christmas time of year. And she mentions like, well, it's the highest, you know, it's the, the time of year where there's the most suicides. Um, I thought it was important to point out that that's actually not true. I think that's a common misconception. And it makes sense, right, for all the reasons we're talking about, all the stress and everything. Um, but the CDC actually consistently reports that the time of year with the highest suicide rate is between April and June, um, which a lot of people wouldn't think. Yeah. I think we often think it's like between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. Um, but, you know, there's some thought that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Perhaps there is something to... Um, that increased light exposure, people getting outside. I think there's some thought that there might be, you know, a correlation with the increase in manic episodes that happen during the springtime, you know, again, more impulsive, um, taking, you know, more risks and things like that. But uh, the suicide rate is actually the lowest in the winter. Um, so I wanted to hear both of your thoughts about that and, and your thoughts about this movie sort of portraying it incorrectly. Portia, you can go first. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, I can see why it's common. I think like we think of the winter, we think of like seasonal, you know, depression and, and especially in certain parts of the country, like the Northeast or where there's more seasons, it's like dark. We don't, we have less of that vitamin D. We can be more isolated, um, mm -hmm. which I think, you know, again, is why we, we might think that there'd be more deaths by suicide. But, um, I think what's interesting too, is there's also, and I don't know if this is related at all, but I'm just thinking of like the crime rates how they kind of mm -hmm. spike in the summer too um mm -hmm. and it's just like the heat or 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 you're out more you're exposed more to things maybe to more like mm -hmm. um I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it but that's just what i made that made me think of yeah mm -hmm. i i was kind of like i mean so i was a little bit surprised when you were saying that that it's higher in april june versus the winter i think i was kind of like 
before I was like kind of working under that assumption that it was also higher during the winter, not necessarily just based based on gremlins, but <laughs> um, but just <laughs> but maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe it's left maybe mark. left to mark. Who knows? <laughs> but like, yeah, there's, there's that aspect. Like, I think it is just interesting that when we do um, kind of like research and stuff and see like what are the statistics, what are the kind of evidence of when when these things happen. Um, you know, when I work with kiddos, I, I, I reference a lot of the work of uh, Dr. Tyler Black a lot, who's, you know, has done so much kind of research into suicides and suicide rates. Um, with children, adolescents, the highest suicide rates are always Monday through Friday, and then highest during the school months, and they always take a dip during the school years. And I think the takeaway is that school <laughs> drives a lot of, like, suicides mm-hmm. for, for children and adolescents. So it's that aspect that kind of that other part of it that I was kind of bring up and say, so it was interesting. Yeah. I think I hear that from a lot of, yeah. And I hear that from a lot of my friends who are child and adolescent psychiatrists that the summers tend to be a little slower. And then it's like, as soon soon as you get to like that first parent teacher conference, it's like, you know, everyone wants to come back in. So like, again, like Portia, you were saying in the beginning, like I do uh, PHP partial hospitalization work in the summer, it's like barren, right? Like I'm always like, everyone's like, they're, they're encouraging you to like take your vacations during the summer. Like you want to take extra week off, <laughs> take an extra week off. Like it's really quiet. And then yeah, end of September, October starts and it's like PHP is full. <laughs> it is full mm-hmm. until June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's really interesting. And gosh, what a commentary on how stressed kids are by school oh, yeah. like that sucks yeah so when people like discuss it's funny because you get into the the debates about people who'll be like oh it's social media and it's like instagram's fault and tiktok's fault that kids are suicidal like we didn't have this when we were growing up and i was like yes of course you did but nobody talked about it but i was like it is you know you can access tiktok and instagram during the summer right you can you, you have the plenty of that stuff during the summertime might even access it. You can more. have it on the weekends, right? You can get it on Saturdays and Sundays, right? But like yeah. the data is, it's dramatic. Um, the, the, it is like mm. significant differences that occur between school days and school months. That's really interesting and, and sad. So, that makes yeah. me sad. So I was like, it is. I yeah. think it's hard for scheduling. Like, and this is just like a me problem, not a patient problem. But, you know, it's like your, your, um, well, meal you if you're in a group um, dynamic, like drops so drastically in the summer. And same with like, you know, I have all of these openings. And then, you know, but I'll see someone monthly. And then all of a sudden September hits and it's like, we need every week. And it also needs to be after soccer. And it also needs to be before we have tutoring. And it's just like, but then if you think about it, it's like, okay, now the kids are in school all day. And then they have an like an after school activity. And then they have SAT prep. And then they have this. And it's like, well, maybe that's why they're stressed, stressed out. Yeah. Like, of yeah. course, they're kind of being pulled yeah. um, in a million yeah. directions and maybe feeling like a failure. And like, it's just, I, yeah. Poor Kate. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> poor yeah, Kate. one of the greatest interventions I do is tell people to do less. I was like, can you, is there, I was like, is there one thing that you can drop? And they're like, oh my God, it made a huge difference. Oh, a hundred percent. And that is like, I think I try to keep that in mind as a parent myself, not to overschedule. Um, but it's hard because there's so many activities going on and like, you don't want your kid to feel left out or, you know, you want them to participate, but then it's like, it, it's kind of just like the holiday season too. It just, it gets to be too yeah. much. Like we all just need to take a deep breath and like sit down. You need to chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As Taylor Swift says, you need to calm yeah. down. 
So talk about trauma with like finding her dad oh, yeah. deceased for days yeah. with like a smell. Yeah. Um, and uh, he yes. was dressed as Santa. I mean, what a obvious reason to not like Christmas anymore. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. So that was like this this terrible this terrible story that like again comes out of nowhere. That was one of like the kind of the criticisms of this of the movie as well. <laughs> I can imagine like all the families going to see the movie and then being like, whoa. oh my god. <laughs> Dad is trying to like be Santa Claus and come down the chimney and he gets stuck and he dies and he gets stuck Ugh. there. And then like, they start being like, Oh, what is this weird smell? And then doom, there's, there's dad in the chimney. And that is a smell. Oh. I don't know if you ever rotated through forensic pathology, Sulman. I, I mm-hmm. did. Um, Cause I'm just a morbidly curious person, yeah. I guess. It's a distinct smell. All the true crime shows say that. And it is yeah. true. There is the smell of death that's there. That is not fun for anybody. Um, but also, like, why wasn't anyone looking for him for days? I, think they were, I can't remember. Like, I think they were, but everyone was like, they just. Oh, they were. I mean, nobody could find him, right? Because they're like the work. I think they they I called guess... like work, and they're like, he's not here or something. And yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Actually, no one would nobody think to was, look in the yeah, chimney. No one would think to look in the chimney. <laughs> um, but hot hot take: if you can't find someone, check your yeah, chimney. I think maybe this is why chimneys are are much narrower now. No. <laughs> um but no this is i mean yeah like this is a very obvious trauma and like for some reason i don't know why but like i i knew that there was like there was a a twist of like something that happened with dad and for some reason i i was thinking that it was like an assault or or an abuse that occurred to her um and then it was like oh yeah it was the dad gets stuck in the chimney so i remember there was like a trauma that occurred kind of like the the thing that we're talking about before is that like there is these moments that occur right these associations that occur um again like we see so many times with like sexual abuse incest kind of situations that occur like it's the creepy uncle or the aunt or somebody like that and again like what are you supposed to do in family session and family kind of gatherings when 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 they get invited and you know whether parents may know or not know they still or they kind of decide to not do anything about it or let's not talk about it. You know, I, I think a really good kind of reference for this was that um oh, that Indian movie that came out many years ago. I can't remember the name of it. It was like some wedding, oh, monsoon wedding, I think it was, right? Um mm-hmm. and I don't remember if I don't know if you guys watched or not, but like that was kind of the premise. It was like the uncle had like assaulted one of the girls like as a child and everyone was like, we're not gonna talk about it let's just leave it alone and uh, then she, you know she couldn't take it anymore and then like had a big fit at him and they and the family members are like why are you yelling at him why are you still talking about this this uh, happened like 20 30 years ago like why are you bringing this up right now like we just but this, this happens, happens all the time all the, all time. the time all the so time so many times right and then people are just supposed to just pretend like nothing happened right keep the, keep peace. the peace just go along with it and it's like Gosh, like not only was this person traumatized and violated in such a major way, now we're all perpetuating it by telling them, like, don't talk about it, just suppress it. We're re-traumatizing them. Yeah. It's so awful. So then, like, when, just bringing it back to, like, Phoebe Cates' character, is like, we see every year, like, oh, Christmas stories and, like, families and Christmas cards and dad being or like sit on santa's lap and it's like you know like all this all the stuff that goes along with like christmas time and like 
how else can you feel right well like where you're supposed to be like with your family and Santa's this wonderful character and like he's hopping down chimneys and dropping off presents with kids and it's like oh my god can you also like Santa if you really think about it it's kind of yeah. creepy like this old man stranger you don't know like you sit on his lap yeah. and ask for things and then he just like comes in your house are you good or are you naughty and nice yeah you, judging right you. he sees you when you're sees you when you're sleeping it's like kind of creepy very, very creepy <laughs> kind of creepy i think too in my work as a reproductive psychiatrist i see a lot of grief around the Mm -hmm. holidays um at least in like our american culture from a christian you know religious standpoint with all the focus on the baby baby jesus and family and growing your family and gatherings there's a lot of grief for women who've lost children or want one so badly or and I think that applies to whatever your family system or structure is, if there's been tragic loss or even untragic loss, like loss is hard no matter yeah. what, but especially this time of year, you know, the first holiday after someone died or now it's, we're doing things differently. It's just hard. And I don't think we leave enough space in all of our busy schedules to just like allow ourselves to feel that. Yeah. Or to even kind of like accept that other people have different experiences. Right, right. Like, well, still get into the Christmas spirit and still like, you know, have your pumpkin spice lattes and <laughs> continue on. Yeah, like go sing a yeah, carol. It'll make everything better. Yeah. You see Billy do that a little bit. And, you know, until she shares her story, but he felt kind of like pushing her to be like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. And like, it's the best time of the year. And, and why? Like, that's weird. Um, and then she kind of like, whether she wanted to or not, I, I would imagine felt inclined to be like, well, this is why. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I think a lot of people also, it's like when they are being pushed or, you know, in, encouraged um, kind of forcefully to get into the spirit, it does really feel kind of like non-consensual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oftentimes, yeah. like you're kind of forced to share something that maybe you don't want to or you're not ready to. Yeah. But Yeah. So. Or some people like, again, I do sadly see the same example you mentioned about like there being some sort of abuse or violation in the past and having to see that extended family member. And often it might be this type of situation coming up that finally leads to someone disclosing Mm -hmm. it for the first time to like parents and how unfortunately some parents might be upset. Like, why'd you have to tell me now? You've ruined Christmas. You're ruining the holidays. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, holy moly, like, come on. Yeah. I do think though it is possible you know, even when the holidays are hard, it is possible f- that maybe they won't always be hard. And, you know, I like to encourage my patients when they're at that point to also, you know, something I use is thinking about like, you know, grief and love can be like two sides of the same coin. And sometimes when you've experienced a lot of loss or grief around a certain time of year, or a certain anniversary, whether it's holidays or otherwise, like when you can make room to sit with it and accept it and let yourself just process it, how you process it, you can also open yourself up to feeling that love for that person or for other people, or you can appreciate life in it in a different way. Sometimes if you can just allow yourself to hold on to all of those complicated, big emotions. Yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, like also like with, trauma talking about that a little bit too like there is also the community trauma that occurs right um which we don't get 
much of in in the first movie, but it gets referenced to a little bit in the second Gremlins or Gremlins Two, um, of like so you have this this small idyllic postcard town that gets totally destroyed and ravaged by these these the gremlins right the theater gets blown up um you know everything else you know people get killed and all these things occur and you see like the what happens to the, a, a little bit in the second movie not too much right they they moved to the big they moved to new york city right that's where the main setting is and like they're like we had to get away from there we had to get out of that place right we had to run away from yeah. there um and it it is that aspect where we have to remember that like communities places we live are like people as well like they can have a trauma occur to them that doesn't go away like i think we see it with things like um new york city and 9 11 right like that's again we never forget kind of thing where that's never going to be forgotten um so when tragedies occur to areas that's the thing that we have to kind of remember and collectively society-wise community-wise have to remember too Mm -hmm. that makes me think of like um, you know, towns who experience like school shootings. Yeah. And, like, I was just thinking like Sandy Hook holiday time or like, and it's like, there's so many families with a huge loss and like, what do the holidays look like? And what, it, you know, you're that almost like to just like survivor's guilt, like your kid is alive and like, yeah, how, like it, it's just, it's, it's very complicated. And I think you're right. Like that community aspect is, is totally um, not to be forgotten either. Um, yeah. So I was thinking um, that either of you two could kind of talk a little bit about like delusions or hallucinations <laughs> um, with just like we did see that scene where Billy's at the police station and like telling them that this is going to happen, all these terrible things. And he shows them Gizmo like he's super cute and they don't believe him <laughs> um, because it sounds right like this, not true. Yeah unbelievable yeah so what is a delusion what might you know if a patient told you this like what might you ask them Mm -hmm. what are some other questions or assessment tools that you could use yeah so delusion is a fixed false belief right that's kind of the boilerplate definition of it um so fixed in regards that like no matter what you do no matter what you say like there's no way that you can change that person's mind um and then Mm -hmm. yeah false is that it's obviously false it's not true and these are you know like i i do mostly child adolescent work but i have some adults and i have like i would say like one patient i would say that has like delusional disorder um and they're you know they're they're some of like i want to say the hardest but most challenging kind of patients to work with yeah because yeah because i they, would agree again it's fixed right that belief is not going to go away and you know, there's a recent kind of like discussion on on Twitter that was coming up about like how do you approach a delusional patient, um, and there was this old school of thought I want to say maybe where you kind of challenge it, and then I think that really has fallen away to be like you kind of go along with it, you say like okay, right, and then we try not to like put too much stock in it into that fixed false belief, right? Like you don't want to go right. along with it too much. Yeah, you want to kind of like, like, okay, well, this is a thought. Let's kind of see what else is going on or or how else we can help out and try not to like challenge it or fight it either or kind of convince the other person that like, no, this is wrong. So that's like the the kind of the, um, what's it called? The the aspect or definition of what a delusion would be. Bringing it to the movie. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. 
And it's important to keep it in the, oh, mm-hmm. sorry, in the cultural context. Um, we saw this with the movie Side Effects that, um, you know, there was a, a, a man who identified yeah. as Haitian who was in the ER who, you know, I guess this was more of a hallucination, but, you know, thought he saw yeah. a deceased relative. And they were like, oh, he's got to be hospitalized. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, in that culture, that's accepted. So it's important to have that framework. And that's hard because, like, I don't understand every single culture in the world. Right. So, like, if I'm in the New York City ER. It's a lot. lot. So it's it's kind of that aspect of, like, something that's going to be, like, totally bizarre-ish. And then there's... that like your family yeah, that also like, doesn't believe that people around like them that. are just like, no, this is, this is new and this is different and this is not okay. Uh, this is not normalish. Um, so that's what, we, that's what like a delusion is from the movie point of view, kind of bringing it back to the parenting. There's again, like this delusion where people are around and you have this baby, right? They're like, this is going to be a perfect child and nothing could, could ever go wrong with them. Like, what are you talking about that? They're going to mm-hmm. grow up and become terrible teens or terrible adolescents or adults, right? Like they're going to be perfect little kids, just like cute little gizmo (laughs) forever. And then we know that that doesn't happen because there are terrible people out there. People do terrible things. So people make mistakes. People make mistakes, even if they're not, you know, terrible at their (laughs) core, but some people are, you know, have antisocial personality disorder. Um, Yeah. And I think like we saw this too, with our recent episode on American Horror Story Delicate, that, like if it hadn't actually been happening, yeah, these people would be delusional. And yet it is happening because we're in this like fantastical story. Um, but you even see how people like react to it, like how the police officers in this movie reacted. And it's not really in like a supportive way um, and how you just have to be so careful. Because I think like if we're talking about people with clinical delusions or a delusional disorder, I think at least in my experience, it's very hard to get people with these disorders into psychiatric treatment. Usually it's other providers. I'm thinking of delusional parasitosis, which is where you think you have an infection or a parasite or a skin. A lot of times it's skin uh, rashes, bed bugs, things like that. So these people show up to the dermatologist over and over the pathologist over and over. Um, And I mean, it can get pretty severe in terms of I've, I've seen people who've like taken their own samples like cut off some of their skin to bring or trapped the bugs in a container and there's nothing in it and but to to try to get someone like that into psychiatric treatment is incredibly hard and we don't have great like medications for it you know like maybe an antipsychotic but like it's tricky like another thing is like mris right because they'll be like i'm convinced i have like a tumor in my brain right or or they have like the whole body scans right so they get a lot of like imaging and stuff that's done because they're like convinced something is there and every time it's like coming up like normal nothing is there all you know things yeah or even right there's pseudosiesis which is a delusional belief that you're pregnant when you're not um, I saw a case of that in my training, which was fascinating. And it's just fascinating yeah. to me that our brains can do this. Yeah. We see this like, you know? oh, I was gonna say like, we see this like in Parkinson's, in right? One of the mo- more common like delusions in Parkinson's is like the, the spouse is cheating on them. Um, and like, and like, there's no evidence to this mm. that's there, but it's like a unique kind of like Parkinsonian delusion. Yeah. 
And then, of course, we think about erotomanic delusions, which we've <laughs> talked about a lot on our podcast, specifically with the show uh-huh. You, which we love. Um, but Portia, like you'll appreciate this. I remember one time I had a patient, um, an elderly man who had an erotomanic delusion about Taylor Swift and would listen to the radio all day long in his hospital room waiting for her song to come on. And it would come on a lot. And he would be like, That's my girl. She's sending me a message. <laughs> Yeah. That's my girl. Yeah. For real. And we got he was in the hospital for a totally non-psychiatric reason. But when the team picked this up, they asked us to consult. I was on the consult team at the time and we were like, Well, he's not hurting anyone. He's not stalking her. Yeah. We can't really change it. Yeah, there's that aspect of like we have to go along with it. We have to kind of like keep an eye on it until it becomes like problematic, right? Until it crosses over into be like, oh, it's right. not a problem. Right. And again, one thing we all want to keep emphasizing is that people with psychiatric conditions are much more likely to be victims of violence than perpetrators of violence. Um, But at some point, like, I think, especially with more erotomanic or like violent delusions targeted toward a specific person, that's when you really your your red flags go up and you have to be really careful in your assessment. I know. (laughs) So poor Billy you know, seeking some help and just really his dad's not there. The cops aren't helping him. <laughs> his mom's him like, yeah. 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 And Gizmo. Save the day. The vet or the, the school oh, yeah. teacher, like the, or science the, teacher. Vet, the school, the science, <laughs> science teacher. teacher. Oh know. my God. That was so yeah. graphic. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a good movie. I oh, have okay. not seen it before ever. Um, so I enjoyed it. I thought, I didn't didn't know what to expect. Like I thought, I think I thought it was going to be like, like weirder. It was pretty weird. Um, but I I thought it was like funny. It is funny. Yeah. Um, It is pretty funny. And now like Katrina says, which I thought was a good word. It's like campy. Like it's like, it's just, you know, I wasn't scared watching it. It was great. Like like, the scene when they had, they spent a lot of time where like when the, the gremlins are like at the bar. And they're just like doing all like this stupid shit, right? <laughs> they're like drinking, they're smoking. One of them has like a gun, like just randomly shooting the other grandmas. Like, and it's like, oh, this is all like not like you know ideal teenage behavior, but like not ideally not shooting each other, but like at you know the this is what teenagers sometimes, right? Yeah, unfortunately, but, like this is the idea. It's like this is what teens do. They do stupid shit, right? Like they just get together and they act yeah. stupid around each other. They drink and they make poor decisions decisions and they like things happen and like this that was the thing again like on this recent reviewing i was like oh my goodness i never i didn't see this before i know it's so interesting to me when you can rewatch movies Mm -hmm. as you grow up and take different things from them like based on your own personal experience and i always wonder like the people who made gremlins (laughs) was that their goal or was it just like an interesting coincidence you know (laughs) i don't think we'll know I don't know. Well, Salman, thank you so much for joining us today and for recommending this holiday favorite, (laughs) holiday classic. Um, Can you let us know where we can find you and follow you and join your TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter following? The Kick Shrink on like, what's it called? Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I'm trying to put a lot more effort into like the YouTubing nowadays because that's where the money is. (laughs) I'm trying to like retire from like medicine. Um, You know, but it's fun too. (laughs) And then Twitter is is my uh, old high school nickname, Sol Money, S-U-L Money that I've had like forever. Nice. Love that. I like that. I like that. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. 
Uh, and we can't wait to see yeah. those cool uh, yeah, sneakers we'll whenever so, you get them. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can find us as always at Analyze Scripts Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and now on YouTube as well. Um, and we will see you next week for our new episode. Take care. All Bye. right. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.